Tvach. Tonight is the Hilula of the Baba Sali, and it's the fourth of Shvat. And this coming week is the Hilula of the previous Rebbe, this next Shabbos. So I'm going to share tonight one story about the Baba Sali, another story about the previous Rebbe. Um, the story of the Baba Sali was shared by a Jew whose name was Yitzhak Tsarfati. And he lived in Mala, he lives in Mala Dumim. And he served in the Israeli army and he said that um, he was very close to the Baba Sali, he used to go to the Baba Sali very often. And the Baba Sali once told him it was a Hilulo, it was an anniversary, the passing of a certain Sadiq, and he should come to celebrate this uh, festive meal that he was, the Baba Sali was hosting in honor of this Sadiq, he should come to his home to um, for the celebration, come with his wife. Okay? So they got a babysitter, and they went to the Baba Sali's home, and Baba Sali was in his room, and they come, the Baba Sali comes out, after a few minutes, and he says to them, go home right now, and don't ask why. Okay? They don't go home right away, and they don't ask why. They come back home, and they see the, the babysitter had uh, left the gas on, and the windows were closed, and their children were in danger, because the ba- babysitter simply didn't know how to turn the gas off, and apparently the Baba Sali sensed this with his divine inspiration, and so they turned the gas off, they came back to the Baba Sali, Baba Sali asked them, Is, was everything alright, all your children okay? And that's apparently what the Babasali wanted to accomplish um, to protect this man and his wife and his family. Um, and that's why he, he summoned them to his home. Um, the story I want to share with you tonight about the previous Rebbe comes from a book called the Kutis Sipurim from Rabbi Perlov. And it's, uh, Perlov is very, um, Shalom was very uh, precise in details of every story that he shared. In fact, some of the stories he shared were quoted by the Rebbe. And the story I'm going to share with you um, is a story that he heard himself from the man who the story happened with, who um, was a chassid of the previous Rebbe. He was a student of the great chassid of Shmuel Levitin. Shmuel Levitin was a rav, was a rabbi in an area called Kutais in Soviet Russia. And he had a student, Rabbi Perlov didn't share the name of the student, probably because um, the time he wrote this book, there was still um, a warrant out for the rest of many, many Hasidim. And so many of the Hasidim, even after they left Soviet Russia, were very uh, wary about sharing information, not just not, not just unjustified, but actually with, 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 with um, really good reason to be wary, because the KGB, even after they left Russia, um, there's still many Hasidim still in Russia, and they, they um, uh, there's a lot of danger still going on until, um, until uh, Pestroika, the KGB still kept on the, uh, on the heels of the Hasidim until the late 80s, early 90s. So, um, uh, the danger got significantly less as time went on, but but um, anyway, so 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 the the secrecy was is warranted. So anyway, so we don't know the name of the chassid, but we do know the name of Rabbi, Rabbi Perlov, and he is telling showing an authentic story. So this 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 um this rabbi 
as many of the um, previous Rebbe's Hasidim, he um, was teaching Torah underground, secretly, in some home, and uh, he unfortunately was summoned by the GPU to uh, for, to be, for to be interrogated. And comes to the GPU, and um, he knew exactly why they summoned him, but he was very intelligent, and he was very um, capable and very courageous. And so he um, tried to feign... Um, that he was unaware of why he was summoned. So they they, he, they asked him. They, they, they uh, the GPU was also very very intelligent and very uh, conniving, and the GPU uh, made some kind of pretext of why they summoned him. They asked him all kinds of questions, and um, after asking all these questions, they came to the main question, and he was very careful not to say anything you shouldn't say not to incriminate anybody else. And they, the main question they had for him was, we know you go to this house to teach, who pays you? When you go to this home, you teach Torah in this home, who pays you? He knew this was the main question. So he said right away, I don't teach Torah in that home. You don't teach Torah in that home? Oh, so why do you go to that home? So he said, well, actually I go there. Um, in those days it was customary, many people would, uh, bring someone to uh, to do some kind of a spell on a uh, someone who got sick. They would do a spell. They would say some kind of incantation. And uh, there is something um, that I'm good at. I say incantations. I have these Kabbalistic things I say. And they summon me to their homes to do the incantation. That's probably, probably why you saw me in that home. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hired. They can pay me some money. So the GPU is like, well, do your incantations work? Do you do you um, do you say things and you heal people? It's like, and I don't care. He used to make a joke. I, they pay me, and he laughs, and they laugh, and he laughed in order to get them to laugh, to you know, to get them to think that he just doesn't know what, why he's even there. But the GPU was laughing because they thought that by laughing and showing humor, they'll be able to get out of him the details they wanted to get out of. Him. So, anyway, this was his. This was the way he, he presented himself. He just is this uh, man who has this profession of 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 uh, healing people, and he says these these incantations, and he doesn't care about the, the if it's successful or not. He just likes the guy likes getting money, when really he was teaching Torah and he was getting paid, and um, uh, and this was totally illegal. So um, so the GPU officer. Um, tells him, it wasn't just one officer, it was several officers, they told him, okay, you, you go wait in this in, in the front room. He goes to the front room, and by the front room there's a guard. And he, and, he, and he decides immediately, he's going to just walk out. And he walks straight out, in the front, and the guard's like, why are you leaving? He's like, oh, they told me to leave. Really? They told, me to, they told you to, to leave? Really what had happened was they told him to wait in the room because they were going to decide if they're going to continue inter- interrogation or to put him in prison. But he, he knew exactly what might happen to him. And therefore he, he, he feigned like, again, well, he has no idea why they, um, uh, why they called him. They answered their questions and now it's time for him to go. So he's leaving. So the guard uh, let him go. 
probably the usual order was that they would, instead of bringing the guy who they interrogated into the outer room, closer to the exit, probably in a northern, or, or now they would bring him to deeper inside, into whole, in some other, other cell, while they were discussing what the fate of whoever they were interrogating. And that's probably probably why the guard I'll let him go. That's what Rabbi um, uh, Perlov writes in his in his book. That's probably what happened. Anyways, he goes out, doesn't go home, because he knows if he goes home, they they're gonna they may immediately go to his home to search for him. So he hides in some home, and sure enough, as soon as he left, an hour later, they were at his home searching for him. And he gets a ticket, want, goes right away, he wants to go to the previous Rebbe. This was in Shavuos, around, after Shavuos, in the year Tafresh Pezayin, in the year um, 1927, right before the previous Rebbe's arrest. The previous Rebbe was arrested on the 15th of Sivan, and he was, was wary about going to the previous Rebbe, and so he stayed a few days in his home, by that time, the previous Rebbe was already arrested, and after some time, the previous Rebbe was sent to exile in the city of Kastrama. So, he he um, the previous Rebbe was released from prison, and the official sentence was uh, on the third of Tammuz. They told the previous Rebbe, "You're going to be sent to Kastrama to exile." Exile means you're not in prison, but you can't go anywhere else. You have to be in this specific city. And you have to stay there for three years. And uh, so he went, by the time that he um, managed to um, make the trip, uh, the previous Rebbe was writing Kastrama, and he went straight to Kastrama, which was something that, um, the, which greatly upset the, the Hasidim who were in Kastrama, because the previous Rebbe, after being released from prison, was... Bli Pirsum was the words the the Hasidim used. This is everything should be very quiet, very under wraps. We don't we don't want anyone knowing what's going on with the rabbi. We don't want anyone coming here. We don't want to 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 um, stir anything up. So here, this guy, this Hasid, had traveled straight to um, Kashtarma, and the Hasidim were incensed. Why why are you here in Kashtarma? You, you, don't you know we don't want to endanger the rabbi's life here? Why are you here? And so he said, I have reason to be here, it's nothing to do with the Rebbe, I have reason to be here, whatever. He ended up staying for Shabbos, and he ended up meeting the previous Rebbe. The previous Rebbe showed him a lot of um, closeness, and the um, previous Rebbe gave him instructions. He told him that, um, like this, he told the previous Rebbe what, it, what his plight was, how the, the GPU was searching for him, and the previous Rebbe told him the following. First of all, the previous Rebbe said to him, you should go to Moscow. And in Moscow, he said, um, he, the previous Rebbe wrote a note, gave him this note, and said to him, give this note to a chaser, his name was Baruch Shalom Khan. And the previous Rebbe explained that the note he gave him should be burnt immediately after the, the, he receives the note. They should read the note and burn it. And uh, you should give the note either to Rabbarach Shalom or to Rabbarach Shalom's son-in-law, but give him give the note immediately when he gets to when he gets to uh, Moscow. And he, the previous Rebbe told him what it says in the note. The note, the previous Rebbe was saying that the effort that they're making to um, to cause the previous Rebbe's release, they're apparently they were trying to um, 
gets some in, some uh, uh, pressure on the Soviet government to release the previous Rebbe, to, to release him from exile, the pressure, the efforts that they're making, they should delay these efforts till um, after the three weeks, the three weeks peak, the three week period of mourning, um, from the seventeenth of Tammuz till ninth of Av. The previous Rebbe didn't want that they should continue these efforts during that time period. Instead, he said their efforts should continue after the ninth of Av. That's what the previous Rebbe wrote in the note, and he gave him this note. Then the previous Rebbe said, "You should go there to Moscow, and you should meet merchants in Moscow." And merchants, when they buy merchandise, they have to sign their name on the document that they're buying the merchandise. You should tell them that you want to have your name on the receipt instead of them. You're not, you're not getting the merchandise. You just want your name on the receipt. And when you have your name on the receipt of the, of the various purchases, bring those documents of purchase. Go bring that. Go back home. Go back to your city, and and present. Go yourself in the office of the GPU. Go straight to the GPU office and present yourself there and tell the GPU office that you decided that since it's not such a good... You, you, you were really remorseful when you visited the GPU office the first time because in the GPU office, um, they, uh, they told him it's not such a good thing to be a Chacham. A Chacham was the, um, the Sephardic Jews... In Kutayis, they would call their rabbis the Chacham, the wise man. So he was called the Chacham of this area, in Kutayis. And so um, so they they told him, he, he was to tell the GPUs that the previous, the previous instructed him, tell them you, you, you saw that they weren't so happy with the fact that he was a Chacham. And he decided, instead of being a Chacham, instead of being a rabbi, he decided to become a merchant. And you should show them these the receipts of the various things that you've purchased or that was purchased in your name, um, show this to these. Um, show this to the to the officers in the GPO. That's what you should do. Okay. So the chassid immediately does as the previous have instructed, and he comes to Moscow. He never been before in the great city of Moscow, and he had no idea what to do. He didn't want to go and ask people and like talk to people and say hi. Um, I just he didn't want to talk to anyone because he didn't know who he was talking to. And everyone was suspect of being an informer for the KGB, the GPU. So he didn't really know how to begin. But he figured he has to go from the train station. He has to go to the uh, city. So he went on a sort of trolley from the from the train station. He went on a tram to the city. And on the tram, he sees an elderly man with a white beard. And the elderly man with the white beard is looking at him. He's looking at the old elderly man. And neither of them are talking to each other because they're both probably suspicious of each other. They don't know if, they, if, if who, is, who is the informer for the KGB. But finally, the elderly man breaks the silence and he says to him, where are you coming from? And he says to him, I'm coming from Kastrama. What's your name? So this elderly man immediately knew if he's coming from Kastrama, it must be connected to the Rebbe. He knew. And he said, my name is Baruch Shalom Khan. This was the man that the previous Rebbe had instructed him to give the message to, to give the paper to. And he was he was like, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. So so, 
so first, the Baruch Shalom kind of hearing that he had come from Kashtama, the Baruch Shalom's face lit up. He was so excited. Someone had come from the Rebbe. So his face was full of light and warmth. Wow! Someone had come from the Rebbe. And when this Chassid heard that this man's name was a Baruch Shalom Khan, the guy that, that the previous Rebbe instructed him to speak to, and here he just randomly meets him in the trolley, he realizes that God has has caused his feet to come to this specific place to meet a Baruch Shalom. He was so excited, so his face lit up. And he says to him, I have a paper to give to you, but I can't give this paper to you here. He couldn't give this paper to him in public in, 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 on this tram, on this trolley, where all these people are in, the, in a public place. It's, it's like asking to, um, to be informed on to the KGB. So he, so he said to him, okay, come to my home. He told him where his home was. And he brought the um, paper to his home. And again, the paper said, the, the efforts to, that, that are to be made, that the Chassidim are making to put pressure on the KGB to delay those efforts till after the nine days, after the three weeks. So, um, fascinating thing is, just um, interesting caveat to the story, Baruch Shalom told this Chassid, he said, I have never in my life traveled anywhere before Davening. But here, I don't know why, I can't explain it, I don't know why I felt this attraction. I need to go on the tram right now. And I don't know, it never happened to me before. I never did this ever. I never go anywhere before davening. And I had no reason to go on the tram to the city. And I don't know why. That's what Etzer Baruch Shalom said. So clearly it was, uh, as a faithful chassid, he was somehow being uh, directed by the Rebbe's words, without him even knowing what the Rebbe had said. Anyway, so he told this chassid that um, that we're going to make a big fabrengen tomorrow. Although the Rebbe said in the, in the note not to make any effort, but the effort that we have made apparently is being successful, and we expect the Rebbe to, to be released in a day or two, which indeed is what happened. The previous Rebbe was released from prison uh, nine days after he arrived in Kastramah, on the 12th of Tammuz. So we're going to make a big Fabrengen. We want you to attend the Fabrengen. We're going to celebrate the Rebbe's release because the Rebbe is going to be released in a day or two. And uh, so after um, delivering the note, this Chassid went back home. Comes back home. I'm sorry, before going back home. He went and he, 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 he went to the city and he met some merchants and the merchants were going to buy some goods. And he asked the merchants if they would be willing, told them the whole story, would they be willing to put his name down as the purchaser of the whatever goods it is. They agreed. Um, I'm, I'm not sure um, why they agreed. In those days in Soviet Russia, everything was so suspect and so suspicious. I don't know if he met people that he knew or not. Uh, he met people from his city, Maybe he, he didn't know who they were. Either way, they agreed to put his name down. So they made they made all these purchases, and the, the in in those days in Soviet Russia, whenever you made a purchase, you had to have someone who was purchasing. You had to put your name down as you were purchasing. So he put his name down, and he got the receipt. And he went back home to his to where he lived. When he comes to his home. Who was there? His brother was there. His father was there, and his wife was there. And he told them he's going to go to the office of the GPU. And like what? They screamed at you. Cannot go to the office of GPU. Are you crazy? They they came for you. They were looking for you. 
you go there, they're going to arrest you. Don't you dare go there. And he said, I'm going there immediately. The rabbi told me to go. There's nothing, nothing to be afraid of. That's the safest thing for me to do. Imagine the faith this Chassid had to go straight into the lion's den, straight to the GPU. So that's what he did. He left his home and he went straight to the GPU office. And he comes to the office and who was there? The guard. And the guard is so excited to see him. And the guard brings him to the um, officers in the uh, inner room. And he says, you see, you see, you see. Apparently the guard got in trouble when he left, and the uh, KGB office, the GP officers were were uh, rebuking him for letting this guy out, because if you remember, the guy, when he discussed it, uh, had just walked out of the GP office and pretended he would, they told him to leave. So now he says, you see, he has come back here. And the officers couldn't believe it. He came back here himself? Did you see him walking by and you grabbed him? Or did he walk in himself? The office of the guard said he walked in himself. I told you he 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 understood he was supposed to leave. That's why he left. And he just walked in here all by himself. No one brought him in. That's why I let him go. He thought he was supposed to leave. It was nothing. I didn't do anything. It was the, the guard at the door had to protect his his uh, position. He said it wasn't my fault. The guy just left. He just got up and left. And he said you told him to leave. So and now and you see he came back. So the senior officers started interrogating him. Where have you been? Why did you? Why did you leave? Why did I leave? You told me. You told me to go, so I left. Okay. Where have you been all this time? He said, "Well, I know. Last time I was here, you guys weren't so happy with the fact that I am a chacham that I serve as a rabbi. So I decided instead to become a merchant." And he shows them the um, he shows them the documents that he has become a merchant. And they are, and they say, well, it's good you became a merchant. It's good you came here. Had you not come here, they said to him, had you not come here, we would, if we would have found you, we would have arrested you and put you in prison for 10 years. So it's very good you came here. And it's good that you're not a rabbi anymore. It's good that you're a merchant. But a merchant is not the best thing to be. The best thing to be is to be an employee, a simple worker, and you've done better than being a rabbi. It's better to be a merchant than a rabbi. But that's, that's not the best thing. The best thing is that from now on you should go um, to become a regular worker for Mother Russia in a regular position. It's not so good to be a merchant. Okay, sure. And so they they believed him. I mean, thinking about it, the guy walked into the lion's den, into the GPU office. His story, as a previous rabbi instructed him, and of course it's because of the blessing of the previous rabbi, and, and it's a total miracle. But they accepted his story as true, and they let him off. And this chassid would make a special fabrengan every single year, the 12th of Tammuz, circularly, of course, celebrating not only the previous Rebbe's release, but his own release from the GPU. And that's a story I want to share tonight. And may we see the freedom, not just of the hostages, the freedom of, of all Am Yisrael, the coming Mashiach Tzakeinu, take for Amish. Any questions or comments on the story? Oops. Oops. Oh. All right, good luck.